keeping Lehigh Valley Health Network colleagues connected and informed, that's the goal of our Better Medicine podcast. Welcome to the Better Medicine podcast. I'm Beth Kriva, Vice Chair of Family Medicine. The goal of our podcast is to keep our colleagues and referring community physicians and providers informed with the latest information. Today, I'm going to be speaking with Dr. Jasek, family physician at Lori Station and regional practice lead within family medicine. She's going to be discussing the importance of childhood vaccines and how to ensure your patients are getting the preventive care that they need at every age, especially at this critical time as we know everyone is just starting to get back to school. Dr. Jasek, welcome to the show. Hi. I know that kids across the region are getting ready for school on what should hopefully be a little bit more of a normal year as compared to the last few. Why is it so important to make sure that children are up to date on their preventive care and vaccines, especially as they're going back to being more in person than they have been perhaps recently? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really important for kids to start off on the right foot, make sure that their vaccinations are up to date, uh, they're able to start on first day of school and uh, parents, you know, not have to worry about uh, any delays. Um, And, you know, uh, hoping that this is going to be a better year for everyone, um, uh, keeping uh, their uh, peers and and teachers healthy is is of, uh, you know, utmost importance. So uh, definitely uh, super important to to, uh, get in your doctor's visit and um, check out those those boxes. Absolutely. And I've been reading some some really scary things just about children and social skills development, as well as basic skills in math, um, reading, writing, all of those things, depending on what their homeschool experience might have been like earlier in the pandemic. So really hoping that kids can stay in school more consistently and not have to miss days due to unexpected illness. Yeah. What about in your own practice or as you talk to your colleagues, have you noticed an increase in patients who have either been missing appointments or maybe behind in their vaccines? And and if so, what what do you think might be driving that? I know we've seen nationally um, some decrease in vaccination rates, particularly in the last few years. I think it's multifactorial. Um, I know a lot of patients have delayed their care during the uh, initial phases of, of the pandemic. And, uh, you know, we've had some challenges in access uh, for various reasons. Um, and, uh, you know, just thinking about parents and their schedule, right, uh, they have to take time off to bring their kids uh, into the office. And so, um, and their work is already pretty strained. So um, something that um, may be helpful to consider is uh, creating templates that allow for um, kids to be seen sort of, you know, one after another so that it it just saves parents time uh, on uh, how how often they have to bring them back in and just kind of do it all in in, in one sweep, uh, uh, just just in just in one visit, as opposed to two or three, depending on how many kids there are in the family. Um, Absolutely. And I think that's that's a really great point. I have to think for parents of with multiple children in the house, having to bring them in on all separate days is probably not the easiest thing to do. So thinking about logistically how we can create space for that. And I know you mentioned our own access. I know we've also had a lot of clinicians who have been out sick, Mm -hmm. especially in the last three to six months. So I'm really excited that we have this new vaccine coming and and again, hoping that we'll we'll have more healthy clinicians and, and healthy patients and families going forward. So we have been talking about back to school. I know that most of our kiddos have already gotten started um, and hopefully are not delayed. But for those who we might be hearing from kind of frantically, likely (laughs) uh, within the next few weeks, what are the vaccines that are required by our local schools? 
Yeah, so uh, we uh, the recommendation is to uh, have uh, a number of doses of Tdap, polio, measles, mumps, rubella, also known as MMR, varicella, um, hepatitis B, and um, meningitis vaccine. And um, the uh, dosing uh, varies according to uh, uh, grade level, um, but but. These are basically the the basics. And of course, we also recommend the flu vaccine um, and the HPV vaccine. (laughs) Absolutely. And I know you mentioned polio. Um, I know we have seen some cases recently in New York. So, of course, a a really important one for us to keep in mind and, and making sure that children are up to date. I think the vaccine schedule itself, um, mm-hmm. sometimes the catch-up vaccines can, you know, take a little bit of, of mental math. But in general, at, at least as a physician, I find the toughest part can be having some of those conversations with families who mm-hmm. may be more hesitant about vaccines for mm-hmm. many different reasons. Do you feel like you've noticed any differences in terms of families being more hesitant about vaccines in the last few years? Or do you feel like it's been it's been mostly fairly consistent? I, I think that parents seem to be questioning uh, certain vaccines that maybe aren't required for school, um, such as HPV or the flu vaccine. Um, but it, it's not consistent across everybody. Um, I think that generally speaking, you know, they are hesitant about the COVID vaccine more than any others. And so um, that's the one that I, uh, you know, try to spend some time on and, and, and uh, explain how uh, the mechanism works and, and, you know, and the benefits of it. So. Absolutely. So I, I know many, many reasons yeah. why why people may express some hesitancy. And I think whenever there's a new vaccine that comes into the mix, um, certainly not totally surprising that that would increase some of that. Um, so I know you mentioned some of your strategies already, mm-hmm. but can you give a little bit more detail about how you reassure parents when they do have questions about the safety or the importance or, you know, what this means for their larger families as they think about vaccines for children? Right. Yes. So, you know, I think relationships are crucial. Um, so coming from a place of curiosity when uh, parents are hesitating and inviting questions such as, you know, what do you think about this vaccine? Um, understanding where their fears are coming from um, and trying to be empathetic. Um, I also think that creating um, screens in our waiting rooms or exam rooms, which uh, could have more information about each vaccine, providing um, cartoon-like explanations to simplify how vaccines work could be very powerful as well. Um, after all, there are Disney movies that speak to both children and adults. Uh, so why not make our healthcare information more accessible and fun? I love that idea. I think that would that would really help because sometimes even for us, it, it can take a moment to really mm-hmm. fully understand the mechanism of action so you can understand why, why this might be a little bit overwhelming for families to think about with each vaccine being a little bit different. So thinking about how we can make that information really accessible to everyone we're talking to. Um, Speaking of some vaccines where Mm -hmm. there might be a little bit more hesitancy, the HPV vaccine has become a hot button topic for many parents. Can you speak a little bit to why you think that might be or experience that, that you've had addressing questions around that? Yeah, so the HPV vaccine has become, I think, a little bit more controversial, and I think partly because parents feel that uh, 
it's really needed for patients who already or are already sexually active. And the recommendation is really to get it long before patients get to that level. Um, uh, I think um, busting that myth and just emphasizing that that um, it is recommended to get the immunity against the virus that can o- not only cause cancer, right, but also, you know, words and can spread by skin-to-skin contact, I think is important to, to mention. Um, when we tell parents about the need to wait for the observation for 10 to 15 minutes after the HPV vaccine, they get worried about their child possibly being hurt by the vaccine. Um, so normalizing that we're just being extra cautious could be helpful um, since the extra time needed could be a deterrent for some parents. Um, it may be helpful to huddle with staff about patients due for HPV that day, um, uh, order it ahead of time so that the patient doesn't have to wait that, that extra time after the visit is completed, I think are some good strategies. I think that is a fantastic idea because this way, you know, if the parent did have any reservations, you're in the room the entire time during that 15-minute waiting period or at least most of it. Um, And then also we're not holding people up so they can go back out into their day and maybe needing to get people back to school, back to work. So I think that suggestion is a very good one. So why is the HPV vaccine so important and how do you talk to parents about why their children need it? Yeah, so I often ask parents if they have known anyone who had HPV, and I educate them that nearly 75% of adults are exposed to it in their lifetime, so it's very common. Um, I also talk about how it's difficult to test for it in men, and most women find out about it um, when they are diagnosed with abnormal pap smear, which is, you know, can be very difficult to hear. Um, I try not to scare them, but I counsel them that it can cause cancer in both men and women, um, and this vaccine is extremely effective at preventing infection with the virus in the first place and therefore preventing cancer. Um, in addition, you know, protects from strains that cause warts and can be very stress-inducing for teenagers who are already struggling with their body image uh, to begin with. Absolutely. I, I am still struck by the fact that it, it's just incredible that we have vaccines that can prevent cancer. Yeah. Yeah. A really important message for parents to hear. We also talked a little bit already about the COVID vaccine, um, and I know you mentioned how you explain the the mechanism of action to parents, and and recognizing that has been a bit of a a challenge because it is different from many of our other vaccines. So super excited to see, you know, that it has now been accessible to school-aged children, but we know that the number of vaccinated children remains low. So how do you talk to parents about the COVID vaccine, particularly for younger children? You know, I I try to talk uh, about how, uh, as their doctor, I I really want to come up with strategies to ensure their child's success in school and and in life. And and that includes making sure they're able to miss as few days of school as possible. And with COVID disrupting their ability to go to school and and keep up with schoolwork and also disrupting their parent work schedule, um, getting vaccinated is key. so, so Novavax, which uh, is uh, approved for uh, 12 and up, may be uh, a helpful alternative since it's a non-mRNA vaccine and some parents feel more comfortable with that option. Yeah, absolutely. Hopeful that, that many will take advantage of that now that we do have more choices for, for people to select and, and recognizing that the Novavax is a, is a great option for those who haven't received any COVID vaccines yet. 
Um, along with that, we are moving very quickly, it feels like, into flu season. And we also know last year's flu season ended up being particularly robust, especially towards the end of the season, which is a bit atypical. Um, and that we're hearing we have reason to believe, I just learned earlier today, that this year's flu season also may be a bit more challenging. So how can we encourage families to get vaccinated against the flu? Um, I don't know what your experience has been, but every once in a while I hear people saying like, okay, well, I'll get COVID or flu. <laughs> um, helping them to understand that they're not mutually exclusive, um, I think is a piece of it, but would really, really love to hear your thoughts on on how you manage some of those tougher conversations. Yeah, no, the flu vaccine can be a tough one. Um, so, you know, sometimes bringing up, uh, you know, I know that you're healthy and you're probably going to do well, but, you know, thinking about elderly family member or a new baby in the family and how we're also protecting them could be a big motivator for some people. And then kind of flipping it to the other side, you know, if you were the person who was immunocompromised, you know, you would want, you know, other members of the community to do everything they can to, to protect you, to protect those most vulnerable. Um, so I think speaking to, you know, their, their empathy is, 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 is an option. Um, and then just kind of, you know, bringing it back again, you know, that it's not just COVID, but also flu that, um, you know, people end up in the hospital with, and, and, um, it's just not as, uh, um, common to talk about it on on TV, right? But it certainly affects uh, a large number of people. And I think that those who have gone through having the flu in the past can definitely, you know, attest to not wanting to get it again or, you know, hopefully get it with less strength. Absolutely. Yeah. Even a few days of being very mm -hmm. sick is, is a few days too many, I always say. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like some, some great talking points, especially as we think about not just the individual child, but who else the child lives with and who else may be impacted if if the child were to come home from school with, with flu or COVID or, or any other infectious disease. So we know that vast majority of our parents um, are really well-intended. Their primary concern is to keep their children healthy. Um, how can we as clinicians ease some of their anxiety and, and any other tips that you have that you give at the annual wellness exams or particularly mm -hmm. around this back to school time? Yeah, I think, you know, communicating to parents that uh, pediatricians and family medicine providers are really here to help uh, keep their children's best interest at heart and um, serve as liaisons to advise parents on best practices um, and partner with them, I think is crucial in creating trust. Um, and, you know, our human nature makes us more often be more reactive than proactive about health and comparing, let's say, the immunity from vaccines to having like an invisible warrior protecting their kid from harm uh, could be helpful in creating positive associations with vaccines, but also other recommendations such as healthy eating, limit, limiting screen time, wearing helmets. Um, those are all ways that we can uh, protect kids from uh, from from harm and, and, and uh, keeping them healthy and happy. So um, that's that's uh, I guess that's uh, that's where I, that I would, what I would say. <laughs> so all really great points. And I, I like that invisible warrior concept. Yeah. So clearly, this is something you are very passionate mm -hmm. about. Um, why do you feel that this is such an important topic, um, both for yourself and for fellow clinicians? 
You know, I think sometimes when I talk to patients and I compare uh, primary care to surgery, I say, you know, a surgeon's um, a best tool is a scalpel and our best tool are vaccines in primary care. That's, um, you know, preventing, uh, there's a saying that um, uh, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And that's kind of my motto. Um, and and I try to, um, you know, make them uh, aware of that as well. So, um I think, uh, you know, we can all be uh, advocates for vaccines, whether you're a primary care doctor or a specialist. Um, and, uh, and I think that patients do really take our advice seriously, and uh, especially when it comes from a place of, um, uh, of caring and, um, and wanting what's best for them. That's another really fantastic point in thinking about wherever you sit within the health system that you have a role to play in this mm -hmm. because patients are, are definitely looking for and listening to the advice of many uh, when it comes to vaccines and really needs to be a, a concerted effort. So Dr. Jasek, thank you so much for joining us today. To learn more about childhood vaccines, you can visit lvhn.org or the CDC website. Thank you. Thank you. 